the Amazon but, Prime is is you, you that's in the bag. That that's in the bag. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I take that away from you. <laughs> exactly. Um, a medal with Jeff Bezos in space. Um, yeah. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Oli Gunnar, where would you like the statue? <laughs> it's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take that as a yes then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus. Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shape. Hello, comrades, and you're very welcome to the football spin. Football spin on a Saturday night. Uh, Paddy McKenna, Dion Fanning, and Nas Chowdhury were all watching remotely, watching Bournemouth against Palace, which is uh, quite an interesting experience, I have to say. I'm. Have you, 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 you been watching it, Paddy? Have you been watching yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've I haven't been watching it. Have you not? No. Have you? Ju- are you footballed out, Dion? A lot I'm of not football out, but I'm just I just haven't really been watching. I've just I've just turned it on now because we said we'll watch yeah, yeah. it during during this program. Did you uh, did you see uh, Jeff Mostyn, uh, Chris? Uh, sorry, excuse me, Bournemouth chairman uh, with I think possibly the biggest face mask of the pandemic. It was like Bane. It was just <laughs> huge, just spectacular face mask. Um, Good to see you. Good to see. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You know, for, for the messaging as much as anything, that uh, because we're seeing we're seeing a lot of face masks um, uh, worn around the uh, the kind of the neck area, uh, as if the coronavirus attacks the neck, and uh, you know concentrates on that rather than um, you know the, the nose and mouth. Um, and I think we, you know, most people have probably seen the. Uh, you know, the meme going around that you know if you're wearing your your mask down below your nose is like wearing your 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 pants uh your with your your penis hanging out i was so, i was i was interested in how you're gonna how are you gonna phrase that <laughs> <laughs> well, i got there i think that's okay it's uh, good because when you got young kids as i can testify you do end up calling you know you, you use lots of different words but you are yeah. supposed to use penis that's that's the is that right, is that, right. Is, that, is that the uh that's that's what the science tell us or the is that you know well we've learned you know we're all we're all kind of scientists these days after three months of listening to epidemiologists <laughs> I, I feel there's very little there's very little they've got on me this day <laughs> uh you know if we want to talk about the r number i'm ready to go um but uh, yeah, no, it's you know, it was good to see him. It was good to see his 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 correct mask usage today. Because um, there has been some incorrect, yeah. And, and Dion, you're too much of a gentleman to name and shame. But uh, Daniel Levy, David Gold, some of the people that haven't been really wearing their masks properly. David Sullivan. Uh, sorry, David Sullivan, not David Gold. David Sullivan kind of oh, playing. With his, he was playing with his mask. He was kind of like making a joke about uh, how he wasn't wearing his mask correctly uh, but as much as this time is about shaming um you know like it also uh, a lot of people will be feel bad about the things they should have done during the pandemic we should celebrate the things that people are doing during the spending their time wisely Nas nigel pearson looks to have uh spent his time quite well during the lockdown oh i mean he he is looking for <laughs> like he, he he doesn't you couldn't cast him as Superman, but you could cast him as Superman's dad. That, that's 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 that's, that's yeah. where I sort of put him. He's he, he's looking proper buff. Uh, he's looking happy, and yeah, he's getting a lot of love because um, 
obviously like like and again like he he was uh he was spotting his gilet today and th- and there's yeah. a certain, there's a certain perception of a uh, of Pearson for various reasons about sort of where he'll sort of like sit on the sort of uh, political spectrum and whether he he is what what is referred to as Yadar. but um he's anything but he's actually he's actually really his politics are sound. He's he's kind of um I believe um in uh, twenty ten when he was in charge of uh, Leicester, um there was a player who um proudly admitted to being a BNP uh, supporter and uh, and he was he was um dropped and then sold immediately. Um, there's a he's been quite vocal about um the the government's uh, failings uh, with coronavirus. He's very he's very anti uh, Brexit. Which is something that a lot of people assume that he'd be banging to. Um, so no, he's mm. a, he's, a, he's a top bloke. He's, he, he's a, I think somebody somebody I I tweeted it and somebody replied that he's he's your da who's had a divorce but it's ended amicably. amicably. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's a twist. <laughs> but yeah, just just a sound fella, and and I'm and I'm I'm so pleased that uh, not only is he is he great inside, but we're clearly looking very good outside as well. Given that background, I think we we can actually take some some heart from his not just his appearance on the sideline, but his whole approach on the sideline. Because uh, himself and Brendan Rodgers, uh, you know, sort of embraced at the end of the game, um, and uh, you know, this this is a good like. So if Nigel Pearson, like Nigel Pearson, we talked a bit about this earlier in the week about you know people like waving their hands around and offering their hands. And you can kind of almost, from a handshake, you know, somebody who offers you a handshake now, you can make a whole series of judgments about their, you know, entire political and philosophical belief system, because you know their next thing they'll be telling you is just a flu, and uh, and you know they'll be, and then from that they'll go on to say that all lives matter. Uh, so when somebody like Nigel Pearson seems to be thinking, right, I can, I can, uh, you know, I can be affectionate on the sideline uh you kind of think okay maybe maybe we are getting on top of this thing maybe it is there because you know he did as Nas said like he hasn't been somebody like saying that like just get on with it he's been somebody even in 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 coronavirus he's been somebody who's been talking he early on he was talking about the lack of leadership from boris johnson you know way back in march uh he's also talked about you know the dangers of coming back, rushing fo- football, rushing back too soon. The dangers of fatalities, all that kind of stuff. So he is somebody who is prudent and has thought things through. And yet there he was, relaxed on the sideline. Mm. Uh, you know, not seeing his hands as um, <laughs> rats. You know, rats. Like, like there people. you go. It's it's, it's almost. A, I mean, I think there should be a new rate. Like, forget the R rating. There should be like a. There should be like a P number. <laughs> Whatever Nigel Pearson says, I'm happy to go along with that. Look, <laughs> <laughs> um, clearly at this time we are looking. We, we you know, we're on the lookout for heroes. Um, every everywhere we look, we're, we want heroes. And um, <clears throat> come at come at the hour, come at the man today, Neil Maupay, who you know he signed for Brighton at the start of this season for a lot of money, twenty million, and he's always looked pretty handy. But he's sort of like one of those. Slightly peripheral players, but he came to the fore today. Um, let's hear from Neil Maupay, who, after the game, having scored the winning goal uh, in the fifth minute of injury time, and also having played a part in Bernd Leno's injury, which, you know, we'll talk about that in a moment as to how big a role he played in that. 
um, was interviewed by several, I would say by several different uh, broadcasters and gave a similar interview to each. It wasn't just kind of a spur of the moment thing. And there was a big chat shit, get bang mood to what uh, Neil Maupay had to say about Arsenal and Arsenal players. Uh, I mean, <laughs> some of their players need to um, learn what is uh, humidity, especially one of them. Uh, I mean, he was he was talking the whole game, but was saying really bad things. I don't want to say what he said because could be in trouble in French because he's French. So when I scored, I just I just needed to say, listen, that's what happens when you when you talk too much on a pinch. Um, no, as I saw listening to Mopé there, um, it's you know it's it's pretty spicy, which we like to see because we like we like footballers with personality. But I know from uh, what you said earlier on, because there was that big confrontation on the pitch at the end, and Ganduzi was getting in his face. You're more Team Ganduzi than Team Mopé, is that right? Um, it's six one, isn't it? It's it's kind of like I mean I I do you know how much of a shithouse fan I am like I do love the <laughs> shithouse but like uh yeah even even in terms of shithouse like there's limits to shithousing and and, <laughs> and if anything like like the, the whole the whole goalkeeper thing like it, he he was he he was partially to blame because like he wasn't going for the ball I mean he, you can't say that he he wanted the goalkeeper to get a such a serious injury but like he he it was just like a a petulant push and uh and then there was an unfortunate ball but then like from an Arsenal's point of view, Arsenal fans' point of view, he did that. Then, then, then he was he. I mean, just generally in the game, he was a bit of a shit house. And then he scores an injury time, and then he's he's absolutely loving it afterwards. And uh, and 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 obviously just cherry on the cake, sort of like losing the game to him. It was just like it couldn't get any worse. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, in, in, I mean, if if anything, you could argue that when uh, Doozy is is just as sort of a perhaps not for the injury, but but he definitely. Um, he he was definitely giving back, and you could see in the game. Like we obviously aren't privy to what he was saying, but he was he was being very sort of like uh, gobby during the game. So, but that I I like I get what, get what you're saying about uh, the injury and Mopé's role in it, but it was pretty um, like by, on on a scale of of sort of skullduggery, it was it was pretty minor, and I do think for Arsenal, like there is such. Like they are carrying such a, a a reputation that they can't shake. Uh, so for Leno Leno to be kind of gesticulating at him when he's being taken off, um, and all that sense, you know, when you're looking at something that isn't actually doesn't seem to be that significant, that huge. Of clearly, it's led to his injury, but it does. It it's it, again, it's just like this brittleness about Arsenal. And then what he says afterwards is actually on the money like you know you Arsenal going around talking 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 during the game and even as one player if it's a few players or whatever if they're cocky when they're one nil up like the extraordinary thing about Arsenal uh it's like since they've, we've come out of lockdown is that just everything is just the exact same like you know one of these one of these things that is just a, another great comfort in this world is that Arsenal have not changed in any way and you know I read pieces like before the you know like this week about Arteta, who seems very impressive, is, does a really good interview. Is really good at being angry and clearly unhappy about things, and that's great. And maybe he's going to. That's like this is a starting point for the kind of revolution that Arsenal that is needed. But nothing has changed. Like I read, you know, a lot of stuff about how like a lot of things he's he's done in you know in 
nurturing players, getting players to recognize who's boss, who's the authority, all this kind of stuff. Now he's there's there's a you know he, there's a long way to go in what he has to do, obviously. But the signs uh, since 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 the Premier League has resumed are, are very bad for Arsenal. And like this was this was really terrible. And if they if they want to if if Arsenal fans want to kind of you know correct it at Mope, then they're actually making a big mistake because this is this is just systemic failure from Arsenal. Uh, same old problems. Like even even trying to say that he, you know this is this guy you know. Uh, and we'll talk about Arsenal fan TV in a bit, but like you know, he's injured. He's injured our best player, as as one as somebody said, and like now he's gone and scored the winner. Like get like just get over yourselves. Like get over yourselves. Like you're not anybody. You're not like you're like this idea that was the kind of downfall of Arsenal around two thousand and kind of seven two thousand and eight. That like you know we're not going to be kicked like when they had an extremely talented team, like that seems to be the only thing that has remained of, of the kind of the, the late good Wenger sides, you know, that, that idea that we're actually don't like it when, you know, Fabregas, uh, you know, the, the, the you know, Fabregas walking up to Mark Hughes saying, didn't you used to play for Barcelona sort of condemning him for uh, betraying football and that kind of idea, which you could actually back up when you had talented players like that. But now, you need to just get over yourselves. You really need to get over yourselves. And and that's what's kind of pathetic about Arsenal at the moment and, and for so long that it is just the same old thing, the same problems. Um, and, you know, the most predictable thing of all, like like that that injury time winner. Like, it's just, it's 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 so predictable. It's great. Like, it's all great. Like, the, 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 uh, the altercation then, the... Um, the uh, really, really good work by the uh, whoever was on whoever was on fake no- fake crowd noise at at at, at Brighton <laughs> today, you know, really, really earned his corn because you know he just hit that boo button. He hit the boo button, <laughs> and it's like he was like he was great. He's just he's just, I go for the I've got a boo button and I know how to use it. Um, so like that, it was all great. But if you're arts, if you're an arts supporter, if you're arts, you're like looking at it saying. This is the same stuff. And it's great that Arteta comes out and says it's unacceptable. And if you see the way he's speaking, it was actually encouraging because he wasn't even uh, that interested in going down the line of, you know, we lost our goalkeeper, uh, you know, they're, you know, they're, you know, and this was, this was Brighton's fault. He was kind of trying to hold his own players accountable. And that's the only place uh Arsenal are going to change from because if if Wenger like Wenger, one of Wenger's flaws um, and which became a, a serious flaw in the in you know in, in his in the second half of his spell at the club was that inability to really demand more from his players and to kind of actually hold them accountable and to push them further than you know than they they were, than they were being pushed. Um. Well, you spoke there about brittleness and and a persecution complex, and let's talk about Arsenal fan TV because um, now before I play this clip, I think it does merit some setup and description for anybody who hasn't seen the uh, lockdown Arsenal fan TV iteration, because essentially it's like a warped goggle box where you're watching like five of the lads in this kind of weird three-two formation, three of them at the back, they're socially distanced, three at the back, and then two at the front. So you're watching them watching the game. 
And and what sets up kind of like the tragedy and the dramatic elements of this particular clip when Maupe scores is that one of the lads at the back, DT, he seems to have gotten word about the Brighton goal before any of the rest, because they must be watching on delay, presumably. On an and illegal stream, by any chance? No? Possibly that, Dion. Possibly that. Let's but, just say um, delay. Let's just say delay. Just in case. Don't cast aspersions on Arsenal Fan TV. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know how good their lawyers are, so I'm going to say delay. Um, and he's taken off his microphone, and he's just he's he's left without telling any of the rest of the news. And it's going to be his voice, as he's doing all of that, that you hear from Oh, mate. I don't understand, though. No, fuck off. Why not bring on Ozil? Fuck off. Why not bring on Ozil? Why not bring on... You know what I mean? It happens. I don't understand it. It's madness. No way. No, you're lying, DT. DT just said they... I'm sorry, DT just said they scored. DT just said they scored. No, no, DT, no. No, no, you're lying, DT. You're lying, blood. you got to be lying. No, you you got to be lying. No, you got to be You lying. have to be lying. You got to be. You can't. He's not lying. Oh my god, he's not fucking lying. And look who Oh my god, it's Mope. Oh, no. oh my god. I can't believe it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. This book's all over me. No. This, this. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, no, no. No, no, no. This is, this is now. This is getting beyond now. Of all people, yeah? The man matched up our best player, yeah? And then the book's all over the last minute. Yeah? Pussy was going last minute, yeah? At least we never lost, Laurie. Yeah? Laurie's words. At least we never lost. We lost Laurie, blood. Yeah? We fucking lost, blood. Now, as I've watched that a lot of times, and it is not getting any less funny, it is a masterful, masterful uh, performance. This is It's why they're at the top of the game. Well, this is, this is it. I mean, I mean, I think I think most people would agree that um, perhaps Arsenal fan TV lost its sheen a little bit. Like we all look forward to it anytime Arsenal lost, anytime there's a big drama, and then sort of it became a bit samer. But they've re- fair play to them. They've they've, they've revamped the whole uh, the whole format. It's like yep. it's like it's like a reboot. They're I mean, a good, good pandemic. They've had a good pandemic. They've had a, they've had a good pandemic. They, they, they've got they've got this garage set up where they look like they look like Westlife if they were directed by by Guy Ritchie. They're essentially sort of spaced out. Um, it looks it looks like a it looks like an Airbnb prison cell, and the, and then it's the most the, the the weirdest thing about it is you don't throughout that clip you're not sure who he's angry at. Is he angry at Arsenal? Is he is he angry at Mope? Is he is he angry at, at his fellow sort of inmates? Like it's, it's it's hard to it's hard to understand where the rage is directed. It's it's. It's amazing, and and it's it's good to see them back. I mean, on on a semi serious note, I, I do feel slightly sorry for Arsenal fans because you get I think you get two tiers of Arsenal fans. You get like sensible Arsenal fans and the type of Arsenal fan that you'll see on Arsenal fan TV, and and we all love that kind of Arsenal fan that blows the top. Everything's a drama, but there does seem to constantly be like a civil war between their their sort of. Uh, fan base and these two different sort of factions and it was you almost felt it would end with with um venga going because there was also there was obviously a there was a, there was obviously a very loyal fan base that was that was behind venga and there was there was a, a really toxic angry sort of side that sort of wanted him out and were, were being incredibly disrespectful towards him but um it showed it shown no signs of um of, of, of sort of changing since he's left it's uh it's just it's just morphed into this this garage set up since 
Well, I think that's that's the thing with like the all culture wars. Like they keep managing to uh, reinvent themselves for whatever issue you know is, is facing them. So, like, yeah, I agree. You would have thought, right? This is pro Wenger, anti Wenger. When that's gone, it's done. Um, but that's not the way the world works anymore. It's not the way the world works at Arsenal. I can guarantee you, know, it's not going to be the way the world works. Everyone thinks like if Donald Trump loses the election in November, uh, like there'll be some. You know, some sanity will be restored to American life. That's not what. That's not going to happen. Uh, and you know, if we want to know about, if we want to know about the world in five years' time. Look at Arsenal fan TV today. That's uh, that's that's been the way things have gone in the world. And I agree with Nas. It's great to see uh, you know tired old format getting uh, rebooted and energized. And I just hope they stay in that room forever. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one for you, Dion. Uh, seeing as we're talking about ecosystems, how do you feel about uh, Bellerin and his, uh, his, <laughs> his tactics in terms of saving the world? It's, yeah, it's kind of, yeah, it's not really, it's not the biggest uh, commitment, you know, and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's, it's very, yeah. very conditional, you know, it's very conditional. And it's also, it's also kind of putting, you know, putting the blame for, like, it's kind of, you know, there's not much the, the public, not much the rest of us can do about that. Uh, like, it's like, up, it's up to you, Ballerin. It's up to you and, and the rest of the Arsenal teammates. I would rather, like, you know, I would rather other people were, you know, within other people's hands. Let's just say that that way. I'd rather the planet uh, was, <laughs> it was, in, was in the hands of people other than the Arsenal team. So, so, so for context, has it, has... exactly. For those that don't know, uh, yeah. He's 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 basically said for each Arsenal win until the end of the season he'll he'll uh, arrange the planting of three thousand trees, um, which uh, obviously after two defeats isn't looking too too smart for for both Arsenal or or, or, or the, the future trees. of the yeah, or, or the future of uh, of Mother Earth. So six thousand trees for every Arsenal defeat because that will be a lot more trees. <laughs> and when you when you consider like two of their players have have a, a like kind of resemble sort of like a tree tree style sort of like <laughs> creatures, it's uh it's unfortunate. But I mean, I mean, literally every mistake that they make is costing the planet. I know. Well, it's, it's upping the stakes. It's some way of getting maybe people on their side. But uh, um, it's you know, I I think I think he, yeah, no, I think he's got to he's got to rework he's got to rework that now. Look for something look for something different. Uh, we're into injury time in the um, Bournemouth Crystal Palace game. Uh, Ruben Pinder is on the line. Ruben, um, well, we'll talk about Crystal Palace in a moment, but um, we should probably start with Kayla. Um, legendary Crystal Palace, uh, not mascot. What like yeah, animal? Mascot. Yeah, mascot. Mas- okay, animal. <laughs> <laughs> What's the right term here? You don't want to get this wrong. Legendary <laughs> animal. <laughs> I, 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 love the, I love the way Paddy's afraid of getting cancelled. <laughs> for actually, I think yeah, you could probably be cancelled for being worried about how you phrase <laughs> how, yeah, how you term an eagle. I think that's terms for yeah, cancellation. Was, uh, actually. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think um, it's okay, whatever you call an eagle. Really. This is the thing, isn't it? Because no, very few other clubs have a live animal at their game. <laughs> <laughs> To They've be fair, you can understand people dressed up in suits, um, which we actually, Palace actually have Pete and Alice in eagle costumes as well. But Kayla was, she was the real star of the show at Selhurst pre match and at half time. Um, and yeah, very sad news this weekend that she's uh, passed away. Um, 
been our what, mascot what, for 10 years. What age, what age was Kayla? Like, uh, you, know, you 20, don't have to know this. 26. Stolen uh, from Canada in 1994. Um, what, what's, what, what, stolen by who? By Ron Noakes? <laughs> um, I'm not entirely sure. Somebody but not, but not by Ron, no, not Ron Noakes. No, funny. not Ron Noakes. Somebody who that. shouldn't have owned an eagle, um, right. and she uh, she couldn't she couldn't hunt for food. Uh, actually, it's getting really weird now. She um, would often go onto the roof of a university campus and then attack students for their food because she didn't know how to hunt in the wild, which is why she was adopted by a sanctuary and then palace. Uh, you know, employed her on match days. Right. Nice. So, yeah. So the, uh, this has turned into country file. <laughs> <laughs> Very sad news. But we did win. Well, we are about to win. Um, and this one's for Kayla. <laughs> <laughs> and will they reply? Who do you say dress up as an eagle? Pete and, Pete and Alice? Pete and, Pete and Alice, yeah. And will they re- be retained? Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> okay. If they won't... And would a new eagle be brought in, or was that is that it now? Do you think that remains to be seen? Um, right. I hope they I hope they get a new eagle in. The the, the pre match build up might be the same without it. And was there any, any issues with the eagle? Anyone uh, ever worried that you know it wasn't good for Kayla to be uh, flying in a, in a football stadium? I suppose not. I suppose it's fine for an eagle. No. I... It's fine most of the time, just flying from from goalpost to goalpost or crossbar to crossbar. Although there was one time in 2015 when a Charlton fan threw a punch at Kayla as she was being walked around the side of the pitch and ended up spending 21 months in prison. Apart from that, yeah. Wow. Apart from that, she's had a great career. That's going to be a tough one to explain to your cellmate when you get in. To, like, what are you in for? I tried to punch an eagle at a football match. It'd be it'd be okay. If, it'd, be, it'd be okay if you were sharing a cell with that Newcastle fan that tried to punch a horse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ruben, speaking of well, we should speak about football. This is uh, Crystal Palace look really good here. I mean, outside bet for um, a Champions League place, Ruben. Oh, I mean. We, I can dream. Champions League's a bit ambitious. I think Europa League's quite realistic. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, we've we've leapfrogged Arsenal here, which isn't really that much of an achievement. But in terms of you know stature of the clubs, it's quite something. Um, level on points with Spurs, I think. So, I mean, we've got some on paper difficult fixtures coming up for the rest of the season. But looking at the way we play today, how solid we've been, and how kind of efficient in attack, like all that chemistry between IU and Zaha. Um, and PVA especially seems to still be there. Like I, I really didn't know what to expect before this game. Like, are we going to be rusty? Are we going to be better than we were before? But I've been really impressed. And yeah, um, I, it's going to be so unpredictable the rest of the season. I don't think a Europa League shout is is ridiculous. Yeah. So, so Ruben, just in terms of the London clubs, um, where do Palace generally rank? Um. Well, there's there's kind of two tiers of London clubs, aren't there? There's like there's Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, um, and then there's like West Ham, Palace, Fulham, I guess. Um, Charlton and Millwall don't really count. Um, QPR. QPR, yeah. I mean, so we're in that sort of band with QPR, West Ham, Fulham that sort of linger around the bottom half. 
sometimes are in the championship, sometimes in the Premier League. But at the moment, um, Chelsea are obviously the best London club. Spurs and Arsenal look just, I don't know. I don't know how to describe Tottenham. Tottenham's form, if you can call it that, is dreadful. Obviously, you know, Tottenham are Tottenham. Look at their stadium, look at their players, etc. But um, I think over the last few years, since we've like solidified our place in the Premier League, we've sort of taken that step away from being rivals with like Millwall and Charlton because we just haven't played them in so long. Um, and now like looking for looking for a Europa League spot, um, I think you have to say that we're above West Ham within the the mini league of London. And is that is are there ambitions there, Ruben? Because you know you did tweet earlier t- this evening that uh, when Palace scored first Premier League goal scored live on the BBC, you'll never sing that. Um, is that you know that's great? Congratulations. Um, <laughs> But is that an indication of the kind of lack of ambition at Palace that, you know, that you can, because you gave, you gave me some good stats uh, about around this game and, you know, basically they all centred around winning matches on on different uh, networks. So, uh... well, we, we've got the Amazon Prime trophy, um, which was also, was also against Bournemouth back in whenever it was in autumn um, at Selhurst Park, the February 29th trophy. Um, and now... You, the, you, well, first team to win a Premier League game on February 29th or something, which seems a bit mad. But... Really? Wow. Wow, Paddy, that's, 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 that, that's, that's it. That is impressive. That's knocked Paddy back. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like I need to double check whether that's correct now, but I'm pretty okay, sure. Well, okay. um, but the Amazon but, Prime is... is you, you that's, can take that that's in the bag. That's in the bag, I that away from you. <laughs> exactly. Um a medal with Jeff Bezos and face on. Um, yeah. But to do a Lampard and just no, but seriously, um, <laughs> the, the ambition of the club is is every season. It's always like we just want to survive. We just want to survive, and we kind of don't let ourselves dream. And I think if we did qualify for the Europa League, which obviously has to be the goal now, um, it could we would have one of those seasons where we're like absolutely knackered by October and then we don't pick up any sort of league form until we're like, you know, into January out of the Europa League. But it would be worth it. But like even if even if we go down or survive by the skin of our teeth, like if you're not going to push for the Europa League when you're in this sort of position, then what's the point? It's, 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 a, it's, it's funny, actually, because the thing with Palace is that I think if you made the Europa League, I reckon you'd actually do quite well just because... Just because uh, Hodgson, sort of, uh, obviously with his experience in Europe, um, he might he, he might actually be hit. The final, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, so, so he's got pedigree. So you, see, you never know. Once you get in, you might even win it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the thing is, I think the only thing that would be holding us back in terms of that would be squad depth, and it's quite an old squad as well. Like you look at our defense today, like Dan and Cahill. I think in Europe against stronger teams I don't know if they might struggle and like our, our midfield is quite old as well but like I love James McArthur etc but the squad needs a, a bit of a refresh um, and we won't have very long to do that this summer so that would be my main worry is like sort of keeping the squad fresh with all those extra games but the, the quality is there in the squad to like at least get through the group I'd say definitely um, just yeah and Ruben Palace have, uh, have now won 2-0 uh, victors over Bournemouth which moves them up 
to what position? Ninth in the league. Ninth in the league. 42 points. Same as Spurs. And four points behind Manchester United. And only six behind Chelsea in that Champions League spot. So dream on, Ruben. Um, you do love to see it. Uh, Naz, um, we're almost at time. But just to mention as well that... Um, you know, uh, BBC, their first ever game in the Premier League. The first time they've ever shown a Premier League match um, on, live on the BBC. And um, so it's a big platform. And, and Ian Wright, you know, is one of the most eloquent voices in football generally. But he's been particularly excellent at this time. And in recent weeks, he, uh, including yesterday, he's been sharing some of like the absolutely vile racist abuse that he says that he regularly receives on social media. Um, and he was talking before the game. Yeah, I mean, it's the thing with Ian Wright is that he's such a he's such an interesting character because he's this abuse that he's got like almost like a totem of um, of somebody who's who's well known who's who said who's been vocal about uh, Black Lives Matter in in a very in a very sort of eloquent way is that if there's any proof or if you need any further evidence that racism or prejudice is ignorant and stupid and, and has no place in reality or sort of sense. It's that here you've got a man in Ian Wright who is is roundly loved. He's not he's not what you'd describe as a as a lefty in any way. He's he he is incredibly patriotic. He's incredibly proud. Anytime you hear him talk about England um or representing his country, he is so, so proud of that. And 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 basically he's even from that standpoint, and and being utterly inoffensive as, as in terms of just being a lovely bloke and and a really sort of fun sort of uh, exuberant character, to to take what he says in a very reasonable way, what he's saying is essentially, um, and he said it very eloquently today, is that um, this idea that it's it's the slogan "Black Lives Matter" versus "All Lives Matter." That's not to say that all lives don't matter. That's taken for granted. It's the fact that. Black people aren't treated the same. Black people are not given the same rights. Black people are being killed. And that's why it needs to be highlighted. And and, and, and it's sad it needs to be highlighted, but black lives do matter. That's that's what needs to be said right now. And he, he is saying something so inoffensive and so and so reasonable like that. And racists are still getting on his back. It's it's ludicrous. And and again, like today he spoke with he spoke with such eloquence and and, and, and so 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 much heart. The thing with Ian Wright is is when he first started his um his punditry career on on TV um this this there was a part of it that i didn't like personally like it almost felt as if like they were always going to ian right like for for like comic relief or oh, go and uh, go and ian you, you, you say something funny or you, or you or you make us laugh and and i never really never really bought into that cuz cuz it was obvious that he had he did have intelligent things to say and and he was a person of uh, eloquence and sort of uh in, like uh, important views worth listening to but like over the years you've seen that come out of him more and uh you've got to give credit to the likes of bbc who who obviously have obviously embraced that and um and, and it's and it's so it's so nice to have like uh a spokesperson for the cause um who is so eloquent and and, and speaks so well about it and um i mean also, the one thing I'd say about tonight is uh, Gary Lineker spoke very well because um, Gary, Lineker, Gary Lineker essentially said to Ian Wright, listen, myself and Alan Shearer, we are middle-class, middle-aged white men who who don't know your experience, so, so we can't comment on it the same way you can. All we can do is support you and listen to you and uh, and, and basically um, take what you say on board. And and, and I thought that was, a, that was another really important message because... 
Um, you cannot fully understand a, a race or a situation unless you are of that race and of that situation. And and I think I think what Gary Lineker said was 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 uh, really well. Sort of uh, the tone was was perfect in terms of being a good ally. Um, well, we're at we're at time, but we would like to hear what Ian Wright had to say actually uh, on the BBC this evening. And we'll come to that in just one moment. I just want to say thanks very much to um, to all the lads, to Nas and to Dion and to Ruben, um, and to you guys as well for listening. And if you haven't already done so, click subscribe uh, wherever you might listen uh, to get all these shows directly into your feed. We've gone five nights a week. We'll be back tomorrow night after side the, after the Merseyside derby. Um, I know that Nas is probably itching to get away now because the Peter Crouch show has just begun on BBC. And, uh, it. it's it looks really good looks really good so far even with the sound down i can tell it's going to be really good we might return to peter crouch to peter crouch summer so which is called save our summer um but we'll come back to that another time um as i mentioned uh we do want to play out with this uh ian rice speaking this evening um about um his experience in recent times in black lives matter and we'll say good night on this the response is unprecedented in respects of what we're seeing now. I think when you saw the Aston Villa and the Sheffield United fans take that knee, it was there was a symbolic vibe about it. It felt right. And you rightly mentioned the Premier League. Um, Troy Deeney, Wes Morgan, the club captains, what they've done yeah. is powerful and it's given it's given the, the movement global momentum to, mm. to keep the conversation going mm. for change mm. you know when you when you look at like people try to belittle it they're talking about all lives matter we know all lives matter yeah. but the reason why people are kneeling is because to some people black lives do not matter simply police police brutality systemic racism and equality mm. that's ha- that's happening to black people on a regular basis and also people are saying things like um jumping on the american bandwagon of, of taking the knee now Yes, for every George Floyd, you have a, you know, a Christopher Alder from the UK, Dalian Atkinson, you know, tri- tri- Adoma Triore from France. We've had um, Ori, Ori, Ori Jella from, from Germany. It's happening systematically. And that is why people are taking the knee. And that, mm. for me, what I would like to ask people is what are they afraid of giving black people equality? Right. Now, we've had false dawns before. Are you more confident this time that the momentum will continue? Well, that's what's needed now. Action. <laughs> Action's needed because we've seen it with the T-shirts, we've seen it with the Black Lives Matter shirts. What needs to happen now is that action needs to be taken. I think it would lift the spirits of the nation. I don't give a fuck about the nation of Morocco. People's lives are at risk. Ole Gunnar, where would you like the statue? (laughs) It's an absolute disgrace. I refuse to answer that question. We'll take it as a yes, then. Take it whatever you want. I don't understand that politics, coronavirus... Why me? I wear a base cap and uh, I have a bad shave.